on mainny.com. And from listeners like you who donate at wjffradio.org. Good evening and welcome to the local edition news and information keeping you connected in the Catskills in Northeast Pennsylvania. I'm your host, Jason Dole. And there's a new group, a new nonprofit. It's focusing on food sovereignty in Delaware, Otsegos, Cahari counties in New York State. It's the Catskill Agrarian Alliance. Their executive director, Chana Kennedy, will be joining us live in the second half of the program. Also, what steps are being taken in Albany to ensure reproductive rights in New York State? We have a report from Karen DeWitt coming up as well. But first, we're going to start local right here in Liberty, where our studios and offices are on Radio Catskill. Late last year, New York State Education Department mandated that all the schools in New York State stop using Native American mascots, logos, and imagery. And if the school districts failed to do so, that would uh, result in penalties, which can mean a loss of state aid and school resource officers. So Liberty is going to hold a public forum on February 7th, 6 p.m., the high school auditorium about this very topic. Our own Patricio Rabayo spoke to the superintendent of the Liberty Central School District, Dr. Patrick Sullivan, earlier today. Currently, there's a survey out seeking information Patricio starts a conversation asking Dr. Sullivan what the intent of the upcoming public forum is. Obviously, it's important to get public input so we can follow a succinct process to establish, well, choose and establish what the mascot of Liberty Central School District will be. As mentioned in, in as previous statements and in recent newspaper articles. I mean, Liberty has been using the Indians as a mascot for about 75 years. And for many of our alumni uh, and our current staff and students, um, there's there's a lot of pride that they have of, of being the Liberty Indians and all the accomplishments that the district has had um, as Liberty Indians. But as you mentioned, um, in November, Right. The Department of Education has sent out a notice that districts have to no longer use or, or establish a plan by the end of this school year, or there would be loss of state aid funding uh, and or removal of school officers. Um, however, you know, in the early 2000s, um, the state encouraged districts to move away from uh, using Native American or indigenous mascots, imagery, logos, and et cetera. So with the history of all this and knowing, you know, and having conversations with many of our students, our staff, our parents, guardians, uh, alumni, is, um, you know, there are some that, that feel that this is a positive shift and others that are attached to the Indian's mascot. 
And uh, so there's both sides to this. And as mentioned in that November notice, you know, according to the New York State Department of Education, using this imagery is a violation of the Dignity for All Students Act. So knowing that there are a great amount of people that, that feel or, or have their perspective on this change, I think it's essential, it's important that we have the opportunities for one with the forum is to have conversations. So we're looking to provide a background and, and history and explaining the process, explaining what information has been provided to the districts from the New York State Department of Education, and also provide those who have questions to ask those questions. And we could answer those questions. And that could help us um, really make a decision. So with the survey, I'm going out of order, so excuse me, with the survey is it's important to gather the input altogether before we create a committee. We've sent out that digital survey uh, knowing that there may be some members in our community, in the Liberty community as a whole, that um, maybe wouldn't be able to access that for whichever reason. So we'll have copies of those surveys for people to provide input. And the important parts are mentioned in that survey is we want to gather ideas of a mascot, again, that's, that's fun and not offending anyone in any which way. And also that there's a connection to Liberty and to this area and to Sullivan County. And we feel that's important. We want to create a committee as we've had 200 plus submissions right now in the survey. Uh, we'd want to narrow that down. We want to hear the voice of multiple stakeholders. So then we can make a decision that the community stands behind. When the Democrat posted their article on the, the, the change that was needed by the Liberty Central School District for their mascot, I was sort of expecting some definitely mixed results uh, in the comments, and it, it did not disappoint. There was a mixture of people who are totally against this this, this new policy, and of those a lot of of support also. Um, and I, I'm assuming you expect some pushback during the meeting, and you're expecting that some folks are going to go there and vent their frustrations on this change. Yeah, we expect that people will be frustrated. Some may be frustrated with um, the mandate coming from the Department of Education. Some may be frustrated that we've stating what was mentioned about in the early 2000s. And there's been conversations about the mascot throughout the past several years. Some may be showing frustration that, you know, the change is happening now. And that's each and everyone's right to feel how they feel about the mascot or anything else because you know the school district is here to serve the public and here to serve our students and their families um so going into the forum and before any question and answering or even just starting it is we'll establish you know what the norms or expectations of the forum uh, we always want to ensure that we have a you know respectful school environment and we have to make sure to respect each other's um thoughts or perspectives or, or opinions on any situation. One voice that I have not heard from yet is the students. Obviously, I'm not talking to any students now, but can you sort of give us an overview of what you have heard from the student body? 
with the students, I think what I've gathered in conversations we've had, uh, we didn't have whole group students together, but in conversations of walking around the school, having some meetings, you know, similar to the perspectives you may find or the feelings you may find or the views, opinions uh, on Facebook, is same with our student body. Uh, some are disheartened that we have to change mascots, um, and then there's some that support the change. You were saying earlier that you already have over 200 entries already from this survey that's been out? Uh, yep, and I will just pull up the results right now. So I'll give you right at this time. Actually, right now, uh, that was of yesterday, we have 343 responses. Is it possible you could give us uh, maybe a preview of some of the entries that have come in already? I'd rather wait because I don't want to leave anything out. And, and uh, you know, there's a lot of responses. Our goal is to look through the form um, and narrow things down. So I'd rather wait until we close the survey out. Uh, I do know and what I could say that in some recent information, you know, there's there's been districts throughout this region that are going through the same thing and went through the same thing. And we've been in conversation with some of those districts. Um, some districts have changed to a district in Upper West has changed to the Wolves, uh, other ones Red Hawks. Um, and then, you know, there's there's been a lot of changes. But right now we're getting a, a mix of input and ideas. And we will uh, our committee will will review those and we'll narrow those down. So what's required by the Central School District by the end of the school year is not necessarily a full-out change, but at least a plan put in place to change the logo and the mascot. So we'd have to make the decision of a, a plan to change by the end of this school year. According to the information we received by the Department of Education from New York State, is that all changes are to be completed by the end of the school year of 2025. With all the changes that will need to happen, changing the mascot, changing the logo means changing things that are in the school as far as uh, the logo that's in the gym, the logo that's on the uniform, and all that costs money. Has the state give you any any input on how that will be paid for? Uh, will the state sort of give you any uh, funds for it, or is it on the school district to pay for those changes? They have not given any guidance on on how or if there will be any financial support for this district or any other district um, for the uh, changing of our facilities and our emblems, uniforms, um, many items that will have to be changed once everything goes through. Yeah, logos on uniforms, like I said, the uh, school gym. So the survey is out now, and there's a forum happening on February 7th at 6 p.m. at the high school in Liberty. Dr. Sullivan, before we go, is there anything else I have not touched on that you want our listeners to know about? No, we just look forward to hearing everyone's input and thoughts, um, and we just encourage everyone to participate in the survey, in the forum, uh, on the committee if time permits for some. And we just want to let everyone know that, that we're listening and we want to make sure that everyone knows that our process will be thorough uh, as this is a, a big change for not only the current students, but everyone who has walked through the halls of, of Liberty Central School District. And we want to make sure that when 
the next mascot is chosen, that it's chosen in a way which all voices are heard and it's done thoroughly to further support our school community. We were talking to Dr. Patrick Sullivan, superintendent for Liberty Central School District, about the change in the Liberty mascot mandated by the New York State. Thank you so much, Dr. Sullivan, for joining us on the program and I do appreciate uh, giving us the information that you did. Thank you so much. Have a great day. For Radio Catskill, I'm Patricio Robayo. Thank you, Patricio, for that report. This is the local edition. We're going to be taking a break in just a moment. But before we do, let's check in uh, with Albany to get some of the latest state news. New York State Legislature is poised to pass an equal rights amendment that would include the right for pregnant people to choose abortion. It comes two days after the 50th anniversary of the landmark U.S. Supreme Court abortion rights decision Roe v. Wade, which was overturned last year. Senior Albany correspondent Karen DeWitt has more. Give yourselves a round of applause. Governor Kathy Hochul, speaking at a rally held by Planned Parenthoods of New York, says it was supposed to be a celebration of half a century of abortion rights in the United States, but the Dobbs decision last summer overturning Roe changed all that. And all of a sudden, what we came here and rallied about for years, that possibility that someone would touch these rights and un- unravel them, in our lifetime, actually happened. Hochul, the first woman in New York elected governor, says she's also the first governor in the history of the state to ever have been pregnant. And she says access to abortion will not be curtailed in the state. The governor highlighted legislation that would allow pharmacists in New York to offer prescriptions for medication abortions, higher Medicaid reimbursement rates for women's reproductive health services, and the final passage of an equal rights amendment to ensure abortion rights in New York. We will enshrine these rights not just in law, but in the Constitution of the state of New York with DRA, we're going to do it again. The Senate sponsor of the Equal Rights Amendment, Senator Liz Krueger, says the measure also includes protections for the disabled, elderly, and LGBTQ New Yorkers who are not specifically protected under earlier versions of the Constitution. The amendment also states that pregnant people cannot face discrimination regardless of the outcome of their pregnancy, but it does not specifically mention abortion. Senator Krueger says the wording was crafted with the consultation of constitutional law experts. Pregnancy outcomes can mean all kinds of outcomes. It can mean carrying to term with a healthy baby. It can mean ending, and it means miscarriage. It can mean ending a pregnancy through abortion. If a future Congress and president were to agree to ban or strictly limit access to abortion through a federal law, the amendment to New York's Constitution would not supersede that federal law. Abortion would still be banned or limited in New York if Congress were to outlaw the procedure. But supporters, including Andrea Miller of the National Institute for Reproductive Health Action Fund, say the ballot amendment and similar measures going before voters in other states could help bolster a legal argument to demonstrate that a federal abortion ban is not the will of the people. It sends a strong message, especially when it comes from the voters, just like we saw in the midterm elections this last year, that there is overwhelming support for equal treatment under the law, for the ability to make decisions about our reproductive law. And that the more states that enshrine that, the more difficult it will be for a future Congress and a future president, should the voters actually enact, uh, you know, elect people in all of those chambers and, and, and in that, in the White House, who would roll it back? 
it sends such a strong message that that is so contrary to the will of the people, and that's why this is so important. In order to amend New York's constitution, a proposal must be approved by two successively elected state legislatures before it can be ratified by voters. First passage of the measure occurred last June. That was before the November elections and the new term of the legislature, which began in 2023. Second passage of the Equal Rights Amendment means that the measure can go on the ballot. Supporters are waiting until the 2024 elections, though, to place it there. That will be a presidential election year, and they expect better voter turnout than during this year's primarily local elections. In Albany, I'm Karen DeWitt. And thanks to Karen DeWitt and New York State Public Radio Exchange for that report. When we come back, we'll have our next live guest joining us on the phone. Stay with us. You're listening to The Local Edition, winner of two Excellence in Broadcasting Awards from the New York State Broadcasters Association. Radio Catskill. Listen local. Hey, it's Cassie from Rare Pair Radio, playing you the fruit of all things sweet, Fridays, 8 p.m. to 9 p.m., mostly female artists from rock, funk, punk, pop, and more. All rare, only on WJFF Radio Catskill. When Sarah Jones was growing up, her parents didn't talk about adopting her from Korea. They just wanted her to be happy. They want to just instill love, like, from the moment you're adopted, which I think is a very common instinct. But certainly there's this silencing factor that plays out in international adoption. How to take care of our loved ones and ourselves. That's next time on the TED Radio Hour from NPR. Wednesday afternoon at 2 on Radio Catskill. Support comes from the Homestead School, Montessori Education, preschool through early college with campuses in Glens Bay and Hurleyville, building the intelligence, creativity, connection, and skills for an ecological future since 1978. Homesteadschool.com. From the River Reporter newspaper in Narrowsburg, New York, riverreporter.com. And from listener donations at wjffradio.org. Jason Tuga, host of The Mixtape, is taking a brief break so that we can try out some potential new DJs on air. Let's meet our next guest host. Hello, I'm David Christian with Connect the Dots. I'll be focusing on songs with musicians in common. The distance between genres and decades is often shorter than we think. Each song literally leads to the next. Connect the Dots, filling in for The Mixtape Friday night. New year, new voices, Radio Catskill. Listen local. I'm Maria Hinojosa. Next time on Latino USA, Mexican singer-songwriter Natalia Lafourcade invites us all to seek refuge in music. I needed to go back to my own exploring of the music and to try something different, new, to reinvent me as an artist. That's next time on Latino USA. Thursday afternoon at 2 on Radio Catskill. You're listening to the local edition news and information to keep you connected in the Catskills, Northeast Pennsylvania. We're 
uh, trying to connect with our next guest, our live guest, and uh, hope to be able to do that before the hour ends. So do stay tuned. We'll be right back with you. Listening to Radio Catskill, Republic Radio for the Catskills, Northeast Pennsylvania. We're keeping you connected. And this is the local edition. We're having uh, trouble connecting with our next guest. So hopefully we'll get them on in the future. But I'll let you know a little bit about this organization. 
It's Catskill Agrarian Alliance. It's a new nonprofit organization. It's a comprehensive food project in sovereignty in Delaware, Otsego, Schoharie counties, and New York state. So focusing on food sovereignty. And realizing under the pandemic, food insecurity has grown with job loss and uncertain financial future, contributing more and more New Yorkers going hungry, contributing to the hunger of more and more New Yorkers. This is a story we've been tracking right along here at Radio Catskill, food scarcity in our area. Catskill Agrarian Alliance is hoping to aid and help meet the gap in food insecurity by growing food and partnering with food suppliers And they're concerned about land access, which is another issue that we've been following here on the local edition. Land access and building services for opportunities for queer, trans, black, indigenous, and people of color. Because we know there's great disparities uh, in land ownership between different groups of people, especially people of color. So uh, we hope to have... Catskill Agrarian Alliance on in the future. I want to take some time now to let you know about um, the fact that more winter weather is on the way, believe it or not. We just had some yesterday. And right now there's a winter storm warning. It's in effect going from 7 a.m. tomorrow morning to 10 p.m. tomorrow night. That winter storm warning is uh, for Sullivan County. Now, it started out as as a watch, and it turned into a warning, which is a little more serious and so for Sullivan County, it's mixed precipitation expected, total sto- snow accumulations, total snow accumulations of five to nine inches, possibility of a glaze of ice then on top of that. Now, in other counties in our listening area and on the border, so Broome and Delaware counties in New York, as well as Pike, Lackawanna, Luzerne, uh, uh, Susquehanna, and other counties in Pennsylvania, this is a winter weather advisory. It's not a warning. It's an advisory. It goes for the same time period from 7 a.m. to 10 p.m. tomorrow. Uh, mixed precipitation is expected with total accumulations of just three to six inches. So it's a it's a less severe forecast for those counties, which, again, are Broome and Delaware in New York, as well as Pike, Lackawanna, Luzerne, Susquehanna, and some other counties in Pennsylvania. And that's a winter weather advisory from 7 a.m. 7 a.m. to 10 p.m happening tomorrow with three to six inches possible and an additional accumulation of a light glaze of ice on top of that. So we're expecting more winter weather tomorrow. Travel could be difficult, uh, especially in Sullivan County. Hazardous conditions could impact the morning or evening commutes. Either one of those. Snow will be heavy at times. Wednesday morning and afternoon transitioning to a wintry mix of sleet, freezing rain, and rain Wednesday evening. Snowfall rates of one to two inches per hour Will be possible at times in Sullivan County. Areas of blowing snow could develop Wednesday afternoon and evening. Winds may gust as high as 35 miles per hour. So that's the the, the full uh, warning for Sullivan County there. So again, it's a winter storm warning. In fact, for Sullivan County, it's an advisory uh, for uh, areas to the west and south of Sullivan County. Broome, Delaware, New York, Pike, Lackawanna, Luzerne, Susquehanna, and other counties in Pennsylvania. Stay tuned. Stay right where you are. Coming up, we've got Kusar Grace and the Music Emporium, part of your Tuesday night. Stay there and uh, get ready for some more great music right here on Radio Catskill.
WJFF Jeffersonville, W233AH Monticello. Public Radio for the Catskills and Northeast Pennsylvania. Radio Catskill. Support for Radio Catskill comes from 52 and Vine, a wine and spirits shop in Jeffersonville featuring local, national, and eclectic vintners and distillers. 52andvine.com. From the Upper Delaware Welcome Center at the Narrowsburg Union, featuring information about regional attractions and activities, along with products by the region's artists, artisans, makers, and craftsmen at Catskills Curated. NarrowsburgUnion.com. Kit here from Something Old, Something New. I love music. Each month I select two hours of compositions that span the centuries. You might hear Palestrina or Piazzolla, Scarlatti or Stravinsky. Why not tune in and hear what I've put together for this month? That's Thursday morning at 10, right here on Radio Catskill. NPR News and this member station are here for you, no matter what. Thanks for your support and for making what we do possible. Thank you for listening to WJFF Radio Catskill. Support the news, information, and entertainment your friends and neighbors rely on. Go to WJFFradio.org.